Thank you for joining me for our Wednesday Advent Devotion. On Wednesday night at our third Wednesday midweek Advent service, Pastor Kurt Ullebrau from St. Jacob in Grass Lake will be here to lead our worship and to preach a message continuing on the theme, Heavenly Messages from Heavenly Messengers, and looking at the message that was given to Joseph. I'm going to share with you uh, my look at the sermon text on which he'll be preaching, and I'm going to right now share with you, well, the beginning of our worship service and our scripture reading from that night, and, and as I said, my look at that sermon text. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Like the shepherds, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our scripture reading tonight is from Luke chapter 1, verses 57 to 80. In these verses, we hear about the birth of John the Baptist and then Zachariah's song, John's father's song of praise after the birth of John the Baptist. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed, and he began speak to speak, praising God. His neighbors were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through the holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. 
And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of, his, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. We'll sing hymn number 26, Jesus Came the Heavens Adoring. Jesus came the heavens adoring, came with peace from realms on high. Jesus came to win redemption, lowly came on earth to die. Alleluia, alleluia, came in deep humility. Jesus comes again in mercy, when our hearts are worn with care. Jesus comes again in answer to an earnest, heartfelt prayer. Alleluia, alleluia, comes to save us from despair. Jesus comes to hearts rejoicing, bringing news of sins forgiven. Jesus comes with words of gladness, leading souls redeemed to heaven. Alleluia, alleluia, hope to all the world is given. Jesus comes on clouds triumphant, when the heavens shall pass away. Jesus comes again in glory, let us then our homage pay. Alleluia, ever singing, till the dawn of endless day. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider for our Advent devotion is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. Matthew writes, This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child 
and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Advent worshipers, I suppose we could say that one of the greatest gifts that God gives to us is our human mind, our minds, our brains. And well, hopefully we use them so that they're a blessing for us. Sometimes we don't. But our human minds, although there are those who believe that our minds, they gradually developed over a huge amount of years to become what they are today. But really, when you get right down to it, the Bible tells us that it's not by chance that we have our minds. God gave us our minds. He created them. And he created them because he wants to share with us some of his sacred secrets. Secrets about who we are, who he is, and what his plans are for us and, well, ultimately for our eternal salvation. And now he couldn't have carried that out, really, if we were blocks of granite or dogs or, or rain clouds. He gave us our minds as a wonderful, a precious gift, and he's given us that vessel into which he can put his truths. And it's not up to us with our minds to decide whether or not we're going to hear him or, or for that matter, to pass judgment on his truth. Well, tonight... We're looking at, as I said, a heavenly message from a heavenly messenger, the angelic announcement to Joseph. And when we think about this, we hear of a man that God asked to believe something that just sounds wrong. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't make sense to us. But as we look at this, we'll see that, that God's wisdom puts human wisdom to shame. God's wisdom puts human wisdom to shame. And, and he does that in the way he chose the Son of God to become the Son of Man for us to be our Savior. And also in the way he chooses to have sons of men become sons of God. Mary and Joseph were pledged to be married and their customs then a little bit different from ours. They had publicly pledged themselves to each other in, in this life, but according to Jewish custom, what happened is that after they pledged themselves, they were separate for a time, maybe months, and during that time, basically, Joseph would have been getting things ready to go and get Mary and take him, take her back to his home so that they could end up living together as, as man and wife. That's how they worked things then. And you can kind of imagine Joseph as he's getting things ready for Mary, looking forward to the day when he can finally have his wife with him, but then... 
he heard that news that she was with child. And he knew for a fact that he wasn't the father. And it may be difficult for us at first to think about Joseph's situation there because we've been so indoctrinated in the virgin birth and know how everything worked out, but at first Joseph didn't know that. The assumption that he had to make is that his betrothed had been unfaithful to him. And, well, it tells us in the Bible that he was a righteous man, that he wanted to do what God wanted him to do. And now imagine if we were in Joseph's shoes or sandals, what would we have done in a circumstance like this? Well, Joseph the righteous man, he wouldn't have wanted to live with a woman if he believed that she had been unfaithful to her, him. And so Joseph really had two options at this particular time. One option was that he could have called Mary on her unfaithfulness and publicly humiliated her, disgraced her, caused her all kinds of grief. Or the other option that he had was to Oh, quietly write her a certificate of divorce. And dismissing her quietly without taking in the matter to court. And that's the option that he was ready to go ahead with. But then we have the angel coming to Joseph. The angel appeared to Joseph and said to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And now, here's an instance where we could say that God's wisdom puts human wisdom to shame. And think about what God was asking of Joseph under these circumstances. Joseph was being asked to believe that his fiancée was pregnant but there was no human father. He was asked to take as a wife an unwed mother, and he was asked to provide for her and be her protector and protect her from any slander that could come her way, despite the fact that at this point in time still he was thinking that she'd been unfaithful to him. Naturally, our minds can only judge things by what we see. And Joseph could look at Mary and, well, from her own confession, from looking at her, he could see that she was with child. He knew that he wasn't the father. And it was only going to be by divine intervention, by divine revelation, that he would come to realize that this child was a very special child that there, as I said, was no human father in this instance, that the child she would bear would be God's son and the savior of the world. The angelic announcement to Joseph required that he believe really two miracles. The miracle first we could say of the virgin birth that there was no human father, that Jesus had been conceived in Mary in a very special way. And then the second miracle, an even greater miracle, is that what was happening there? God's Son, 
true God, Jesus, was being conceived in the womb of Mary. That's what was taking place here. The Son of God becoming also the Son of Man. The Son of God becoming also the Son of Man. And, well, we believe that to be true, even if our brains can't really understand it. We, we know it to be true. We've heard it many times, but to explain it, to understand it, that's something so far beyond us. But that's beyond us, but the faith that God has worked in our hearts, the God-given, God-worked faith that the Holy Spirit has placed there, that enables us to believe that wonderful truth that the Son of God became also the Son of Man. Now, that faith, what it does is giving the Holy Spirit credit for being smarter than we are and able to do something that we're unable to do or understand on our own. As our reading says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Well, this announcement to Joseph, it had to startle him, but what it also did is it comforted and encouraged well, him and, and us as well, for that matter. The angel said, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. God has set a goal for our lives, and that is that we always seek God's glory, but our sinful nature doesn't go along with that, does it? Our sinful nature doesn't always want to seek God's glory. We live in an age which has an easy conscience really towards sin. And because of that, well, we don't like to admit that we've missed the purpose for which God gave us life, that we don't always give glory to God, that we think things are more about us than they are about God. And this is the reason why Christian celebrations of so many will end up missing the point again this year. Instead of focusing on the Savior and what that really means, we can focus so easily on ourselves. But what Christmas is all about, Jesus came into this world for one purpose, and that is to save sinners, to save sinners. We are sinners, and what does God tell us? God tells us that the surface there really God hates sinners and that's why God had to also become man that's why the son of God had to also become the son of man so that the God of infinite justice and revenge could also show himself as a God of love and mercy Christ, he became also a human being, fully human, to live a perfect life, to provide the obedience that we couldn't give to God. And he also became true man, 
so that as the God-man, he could go to the cross and die and pay for the sins of the whole world. That's why he had to be the God-man, to die and to pay for the sins of the whole world. And now, as Adam's sin ended up becoming the sin of all people, you know, it's passed on to every one of us through original sin, inherited sin, so also Christ's obedience. That's something that he wants to pass on to all men as well. Ultimately, he gives to all, but in unbelief, so many people reject that. I said a moment ago that what God does is he hates sinners, and that's what we are, and that is true. But how thankful we have to be that God now loves us sinners for Jesus' sake because of what Jesus has done for us. God's plan of salvation, when you get right down to it, it doesn't follow human wisdom. It doesn't follow human wisdom. It follows God's wisdom. And our sinful minds, we may try to understand or grasp what God's plan of salvation is all about, but our sinful human minds think it's foolishness. The whole idea that God would want sinners like us who daily sin so much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment, that he would want us in his believing family, that he'd want us with him forever in heaven, that sounds like foolishness. And of course, what the world also will do when it looks at this whole picture it thinks that, it likes to think that we and others in this world who hopefully generally would be considered morally upright and decent people, that still, what are we? We're sinners and that we deserve eternal punishment. That again seems like such foolishness to the world. But that is what the Bible says that we're the sinners who deserve that punishment. However, we have a Savior in Jesus, in the God-man who came to be our Savior, a Savior who completely takes care of the problem of our sins, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. As we approach the Christmas climax, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, as we approach that, we can be sure that, oh, like Joseph, we're going to be considered fools by someone. Joseph's friends, when, when if they heard about how Mary was pregnant and Joseph was going to take her as his wife anyway, they may have thought him as being unwise or, or maybe even foolish. Foolish for following the heavenly message that was given to him by a heavenly messenger, that angel, in a dream that, that night. Joseph may have been considered a fool. God, however, felt otherwise. He didn't look at Joseph as a fool. The Christmas season, what it does is it offers us daily opportunities to demonstrate whose fool we're going to be. 
And ultimately, in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of the unbelieving world around us, we'd be considered fools for believing in a Savior, for believing in a virgin birth, for believing that the Son of God became also the Son of Man so that the God-man could be our Savior and live and die for us and pay for all of our sins. Well, maybe people would think of us as being fools for that, but actually, what we're so blessed is that through faith, We've been made wise unto salvation. We're so blessed, as the Apostle Paul said, from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Yes, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. God became also man. He lived and died for us. He paid for all of our sins. He won for us heaven. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let's confess our faith with the second article and its meaning. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. All this he did that I should be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from death and lives and rules eternally. This is most certainly true. Let's pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, and come among us with great might. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, when we think about someone like Joseph, we Think of someone who, as we've said, he may have looked like a fool in the eyes of the world, but we're so thankful that you used him to be your instrument, to be the stepfather of our Savior, someone to take care of Mary and Jesus. We're so thankful that you used the foolishness of the world to bring a Savior into the world. And 
Maybe in the eyes of the world, we too would be looked at as being fools for believing what we do. But thank you for giving us your wisdom and giving us faith in our Savior Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, the true Son of God, who became also the true Son of Man and our Savior. Thank you for working that wonderful faith in us. And we gather up all of the prayers we have as we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Again, I thank you for joining me for worship for our third Wednesday Advent service. Again, the Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.